it's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Ed Bond is here as well. Blake Landa is our studio producer this morning. We're at Memorial Stadium where the Illini take on the number six Wisconsin Badgers here in the game that kicks off shortly after 11 o'clock this morning. Mr. Tate, how you doing? Well, I'm still hanging in there. a boy. That's all we can ask at this point. Got part of a voice left. Well, you'll, you'll massage it and uh, <laughs> work it through this next 90 minutes or so and then throughout a busy day of Big Ten football, which actually the Big Ten football weekend started last night. Number four, Ohio State playing a home game, it looked like, at, <laughs> at Evanston. A lot of red in the stands there, and the Buckeyes – Scored 24 points in the second quarter to uh, to break that one open and won 52 to three. Yeah, and you know uh, Ohio State has just got so much talent. I, I looked it up yesterday. Uh, they have in the, on their squad, and, and I don't know if they're, all the players are still on their squad. But when they re, when they were recruited, they got 12 five stars. Well, let me tell you, Northwestern, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin don't get five stars. Iowa's got one five-star in their program, and that's Espinosa from Edwardsville, a defensive end. Ohio State's got 12 five-stars and 63 four-stars. And the teams that they're competing against may pick up one or two four-stars each year. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Illinois has got like eight or nine, and only one was a starter last week, and that was Smalling. And so, I mean, it's just the talent level is so so diverse, and, and I mean – Ohio State's got so much more talent than everybody else. It's just not close. As you can tell, the marching Illini on the field doing their uh, pregame and halftime show warm-up here at Memorial Stadium. Looks like it's going to be a great day for college football. It's homecoming. I wonder how many five-stars Wisconsin has because they uh, they certainly are have got things going right now. They're number six in the country. They're giving up less than five points a game. Their defense is number one in just about every category in the Big Ten and they nationally, have, too. They have no five-stars. Right. They've got 19 four-stars over five years of recruiting. Uh, for instance, they, they picked up three four-stars in 15, four in 16, five in 17, one in 2018, and, uh, you know, and then they got the, the, the class coming in. But, right, I mean, uh, Wisconsin's doing it with mirrors. They're doing it with extraordinary – a system and a sort of their developmental system and they've they've got a defense that's uh, kind of amazing because when we see it today it's different than anything we faced this year pretty much different than i think than anything we faced because they use a, a three and a two-man line at time but a three-man line basic with louder milk and ran two guys that were hurt last year are back and they're really good and then they've got four linebackers and or and bomb are terrific and what they've got is that they when they line up you don't know which linebackers are coming. You know somebody's coming, but you don't know where they're coming from. So as an offensive line, you've got to be able to react suddenly 
because there may be nobody in front of you, and then all of a sudden there might be somebody there that you weren't expecting. And, and, and they might bring in a safety all the way from, from the backside. But uh, Northwestern's defense is, is just amazing. They, they've had four shutouts, as you know, out of six games, and, and they led uh, Michigan 35 to nothing. They led uh, Northwestern 28 to three in games that turned, you know, the scores were later, that score was later uh, 28 to 15, I believe, something like that. I might have a, a point or two. I think off, it was 26 to 14. Something 20, like yeah, that. So whatever it was, they were they were uh, way ahead, and then they, uh, Northwestern got their two touchdowns late. But their their defense is, is just so clever, and it's it really strikes me as being a lot different from Illinois, which which Illinois seems to start with four guys in the line all the time, and uh, they don't deviate from that an awful lot. Whereas Wisconsin is deviating all the time. They're, they're switching around and, and bringing different people in the rush. They're, they've only given up four touchdowns all year. Yep. One on the ground, three through the air. As you mentioned. Uh, two four, late touchdowns in yeah. Michigan and Northwestern. Yeah, and four shutouts. Their first two games were shutouts. Their most recent two games were shutouts, giving up uh, 4.8 points per ball game. So their defense is really, really good. And if, if Jonathan Taylor was not a – five-star coming in he's a five-star going out well he was a four-star and, and, and he's an awfully good player there's no doubt from Salem New Jersey I believe and they've had a lot of success over time recruiting in that New Jersey area get you update we'll talk more about the games uh, coming up and Ohio State won that one 52 to 3 last night of course other games today Purdue is at uh, number 23 Iowa Indiana plays at Maryland number 20 Minnesota is at Rutgers and uh, the uh, marquee game, the big game tonight, under the lights, the whiteout at Penn State, number 16, Michigan, at number 7, Penn State. Major League Baseball last night, the Yankees kept it alive with a 4-1 to win. They got all four runs in the first inning off uh, Verlander. Yeah, Verlander gave up two home runs, and uh, kind of he just wasn't he, – he hadn't settled in yet. you got to get him early because it, once he settles in, it's over. Illinois Volleyball, by the way, the, the – uh, American League Championship Series now three games to two Houston, and they go back to Houston and play again tonight. Game seven would be tomorrow if needed. They got a decision to make on Cole because you could pitch him tonight, uh, tomorrow night, but that would be three days rest. What they ought to do is save him for the seventh game, but will they do that? I, I, I would think they would. Take your chances in the sixth game and have him on regular rotation in the seventh. I think if that's you, what they might do. I, I heard him talking about maybe a bullpen kind of start tonight. Might be. And, and this way, if you win tonight, you've got him to start the yes. World Series. But the World Series is the least of your worries right now because you've got to beat the Yankees another game, and that's not easy. But Cole is really something. I'd, I wouldn't take him out of rotation. I just wouldn't. I mean, I think that he's the best pitcher in baseball right now, and I think you've got to just keep him healthy. Illinois volleyball last night on the road. This is a tough road trip for the Fighting Illini. They were at number six, Wisconsin. It went five, but Wisconsin won it three to two. They outscored the Illini 15 to four in that uh, fifth set. Yeah, I don't set. know what happened in that fifth set, but the Illini won the second and third sets and were in good shape, but they lost the fourth set and the fifth set. And they go to number seven, Minnesota tonight, so uh, another tough task for the volleyball team. Speaking of volleyball and Minnesota, we're sad to report that our friend Mike Hebert is not in great health and is in a um, hospice situation. It was posted by his wife on Facebook that he's not doing well. 
not uh, eating or drinking much now, so it doesn't look good for him. And what a great guy. What a really great one. He was really something. He was he was the founder of, of volleyball here. Yes. Without a doubt. He was the guy, and, and he's been ill for about a year, and uh, it's just too bad that uh, it looks like the end is near for him. Basketball news. There's an official visit on campus. Andre Curbelo is here, and a bunch of unofficial visits expected to be here, too, from football. other players. Yeah. yeah uh, football oh. and basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a busy weekend here at homecoming. We'll talk more about that. Here's our lineup today. We're going to talk some Big Ten football with Adam Rittenberg coming up. Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez scheduled to join us about 8.30. We'll maybe get a better idea from him on how this Wisconsin program has taken off. After all, he was the architect of it way back when. At 8.45 or so, we'll visit with Trent Frazier, Illini Basketball, and Matt LaPay. The Wisconsin play-by-play man will join us at some point, too. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're back with more after this. Now at NewsGazette.com, inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who found a leader on the Illini, Trent Frazier. Welcome back to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, everybody. This is Steve Kelly along with Lauren Tate. We're at Memorial Stadium in Champaign. Marching Illini on the field, getting uh, tuned up, warmed up for their show coming up a little bit later on. Illinois and Wisconsin here at 11 o'clock today. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com is uh, with us on uh, the phone. Good morning, Adam. How are you? Hey, good morning, Stephen Lauren. I'm uh, en route to Champaign, so looking forward to seeing you both later and, and hopefully a, uh, a decent football game today. So have you been, uh, will this be your first trip to Champaign uh, this year for a game? Yes, yeah, I was here for Penn State last year, and uh, this is the first time. Did you happen to see the uh, Ohio State-Northwestern game last night? Yes, I was there for that one, uh, so it's a, a doubleheader. Uh, I know uh, it, it could end up being two lopsided games. That certainly was. Uh, Ohio State, really impressive. I saw them against Nebraska, 48-7, to and then Northwestern, 52-3. to So 100-10 to in those two <laughs> games combined for a team that, you know, as Chase Young, their standout defensive end said after the game, had some fluky losses the last two years against Big Ten West opponents on the road. And this team has been incredibly businesslike. There's a different mood around them. It's the most complete Ohio State team I think I, I've seen since 2014. And that team maybe didn't even show that until the end of the season. And so it's uh, you know certainly a team that goes into that Wisconsin matchup next week with a lot of momentum and confidence. Dustin Fields, terrific at quarterback. Defense is playing at a much, much higher level than it was last year. So a lot to like about the Buckeyes. Have you seen uh, the Badgers in person yet this year? I, I've not. You know, I watched them on TV. I was up there uh, about a week and a half ago just to visit with the coaches and the players. So have some familiarity with them. But you know, this will be the first time I've seen them play. And you know, they've been really impressive, as you guys know, especially on defense. You know, their defense from 2015 to 2017, a lot of their numbers compared favorably with the very best in the country, Alabama, Clemson, those types of teams, Michigan. And uh, and then they fell off last year defensively. They fell off as a team, and they've been able to get it back in a big way. You know, this will be the best offense that they faced, I think, today all season in Illinois. But uh, you know, Wisconsin shut out four opponents. Zach Bond is playing at an All-American caliber level. At the outside linebacker, Chris Orr is their undisputed leader. At, at inside linebacker, they've got some more speed in the back end. They've been healthier on the defensive line. And then their offense has shown a little bit more balance. I 
think, than, uh, than some expected with Jack Conan, quarterback, with Jonathan Taylor, obviously the Heisman Trophy contender at running back. So excited to see them play today. Adam, I'll get back to Wisconsin in a moment, but on the, and trying to watch a little bit of that uh, Ohio State-Northwestern game last night, it seemed like there were more people from, uh, from Ohio State than there were Northwestern. Could you get any judgment on how, how many people came over from, from Ohio? Yeah, it was a lot, Lauren. I mean, that's not a surprise. It happens a lot at Northwestern with their right. you know, small alumni base, small student base. Um, but, yeah, Ohio State fans were, you know, and they have a, they're excited about their team. I mean, you had one fan base that's really excited about their team, and a lot of them could, could get to this game either being in Chicago or, or flying in on a Friday. And then you had another fan base that's you know, pretty down right now, even though you know, they had a great season last year at 1-4 and four coming in. And so that, that obviously led to a lot of red in the stands and Ryan Day, the Buckeye head coach, saying after the game how great it was to, to hear them and, and feel them and the OHIO chant. So, yeah, it was at least, I would say, 60 65% Ohio State fans. You know, we've watched Ohio State and for a long time Michigan dominate the Big Ten over, over decades, and it just seems like it's getting more out of balance all the time. Ohio State, I, I mentioned to uh, Steve, they've, they've, got, they've taken – they brought in 12 five-stars in the last five years and 63 four-stars, according to rivals. And and Wisconsin's had no five-stars. I mean, how is Wisconsin doing it? How how can they be so successful when their recruiting is really not that much greater than, than some other teams in the Big Ten? Yeah, well, I won't give everything away, Lauren, because I'm writing about that very topic for, uh, for ESPN.com next week. But, you know, it is amazing, and it's something that Zach Bond actually – was told me in Madison that he was amused when he saw a graphic on ESPN recently that showed not just Ohio State but the entire top ten and then how many four- and five-star players. And, you know, most of those teams, as you know, Alabama and Clemson and, 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 and uh, you know, Georgia, you know, they, they have, I think, 40 to 50 five-star, four- and five-star players on their roster. Wisconsin's got nine, and it's just amazing how they continue to compete. Here's the thing with Wisconsin, guys. You know, they look at talent. It's obviously part of the evaluation. It has to be. You have to be talented enough to play at this level. But it's not everything. It's not the most important thing that they look at. You know, Paul Chris told me their head coach is basically a line. That once a player crosses that line from a talent standpoint, whether he's way above it or just a little bit above it, they feel like they can develop him into a really good player. And if he checks all the other boxes, that's the almost more important. Does he want to be at Wisconsin? Does he want to go to school here? Does he want to play in this type of system? You guys hear it all the time, too. Does he love football? That's kind of a, a common phrase thrown out there. But for Wisconsin, it's a really big deal because Paul feels that some players really love football and other players, football is chosen for them because they're so great at it at an early age. And for Wisconsin, it's really important to find the guys – who are going to love the game year-round and do everything that it takes to succeed. And so, yeah, that, that, it was really interesting talking to him about his philosophy around talent. Obviously, they love to get guys like Jonathan Taylor who are impact freshmen and, and they go on to have great careers. And they're getting a few more of those guys. But really their model is if you're above that talent line, we can work with you and we can make you great. Well, you know, this is all a follow-up on, on what Alvarez started, but – he told me this week that uh, when if he had kept Gary Anderson, he, he felt that they were going to fa- fail. I mean, he was he was happy to start over with his own people, with Chris, of course. But he's had Bielema, who was who was his assistant, became the head coach. He, I mean, there's something about Wisconsin people and that 
seem to matter. I mean, they want to keep that system in vogue, and, and Anderson had other wanted to go another direction. Yeah, I know. I mean, Gary was an outsider, and you know, didn't you know didn't do poorly there record-wise, but but never really fit in uh, the way that that Brett did, and now that Paul has, and it's not just Paul. If you look at their coaching staff, you know, Joe Rudolph, who's their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, he's a former Wisconsin player. Jim Leonard, who's their young defensive coordinator. He's a former Wisconsin walk-on who became an incredible player there and then went on to have an NFL career. So, you know, it's not just having still Barry Alvarez at the top, but Paul Chris, Wisconsin alum, Joe Rudolph, and Jim Leonard, Wisconsin alums. Other guys around that program understanding how to win there, how they've won there. Um, there there's great alignment. That's one word that coaches often talk about when they're trying when, about success. And I think you can say right now that Wisconsin has that. We're talking uh, Big Ten and college football with Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. If you'd like to uh, jump in, feel free, 356-9397. Wisconsin, Adam, was 8-5 and five last year. What's the main difference in this year's ball club? They kind of came in, I think, at the start of the season, maybe based on that 8-5 and five record, kind of flying under the radar. But uh, they've certainly stepped up defensively with four shutouts in, in uh, six games and uh, leading just about – all of college football and defensive stats. What's the main difference in this ball club? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a little tricky to figure out. I asked Jim Leonard that when I was up there a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said that, you know, th 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 that team kind of needed to be humbled a little bit, that most every player in that program, because of what they had done from 2015 to 2017, had only experienced high-level success, and, and maybe it got away from them as far as what they needed to do to replicate that. You know, another one of the players telling me that, you know they had a lot of leaders, but 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 maybe not uh, not not. He wasn't saying not the right leaders, but they had a lot of leaders. And sometimes you need you know one or two great leaders who are on the field. You know Dakota Dixon was a great leader, but he was hurt uh, you know last year, and it's hard to lead when you're hurt. You know Chris Orr is their undisputed leader this year at inside linebacker, and he is a you know you kind of that loud, confident guy. You don't typically associate those guys with Wisconsin, but he is really. Uh, you know, led this group, and I, I, again, I, I think anyone who studied the conference in the last, you know, 20, 25 years, uh, you know, knew better than to overlook Wisconsin going into the year just because of their history. But you're right, uh, Steve. They were overlooked. It was Nebraska. It was you know teams like that that were getting more attention preseason. You know, Wisconsin just doesn't stay down for very long. And I think after you know being humbled in Jim Leonard's words last year. They've found a, you know, a, you know, a way to get back in a big way. And we'll just see how good they are. They've obviously played most of their games at home where they've been a dominant program. They've had their issues on the road over the years. And you know, we'll see how they do today and then certainly next week in Columbus. When I asked Jeff Patrikas that question uh, about what the difference between this year and last year, he said 93 and 97. <laughs> I said, okay, that's Loudermilk and Rand. He said both were hurt last year. Yeah. Now that they're back in the uh, defensive line, of course, they only play three defenders, so that's two of them right there that are really good. And, of course, you mentioned the linebackers and Orr and Baum, they've just been tremendous. And the other thing that surprised me was they lost – uh, I'm sorry, they lost David Edwards, they lost Michael Dieter, and uh, they lost three great offensive linemen and replaced them with people apparently just as good. I mean, they just keep churning out offensive linemen, don't they? They do, and again, that was another uh, issue last year. If you guys remember, that offensive line was on the <laughs> cover of Sports Illustrated before the season, and it didn't didn't play to a, a typical Wisconsin level um, for you know different reasons, whether it's injuries, 
know, David Edwards had some issues, um, and it just they, they they didn't look like Wisconsin. They also weren't very good at quarterback last year, and you know Jack Bone you know, hasn't been incredible, but he he he's certainly shown improvement in terms of his progressions, in terms of his comfort in the passing game. Quintez Cephas, who's their number one receiver, uh, he you know he was obviously not with the team last year as he was being investigated uh, for for uh, for sexual assault and was then cleared of that and then rejoin the team and you know, he's made a big difference and so you know, there was a lot going on around that Wisconsin team last year and they just didn't handle things like a Wisconsin team typically does but they have handled it much better now and you know I don't see that program taking a dip uh, you know, obviously they'll lose Jonathan Taylor after the season of the NFL but um, they have a lot of good pieces there a lot of a lot of returning players um, that on both sides of the ball to make them you know again they're still I, you know, I started covering the Big Ten in 2008, and Lauren, you've been doing it a little longer than that. But there's the team of record in the West Division. I mean, you can talk about Nebraska. You know, obviously Northwestern has won it. Iowa has won it. But until somebody beats Wisconsin consistently, you know, they are the team that matters on this side of the conference. Wisconsin, one of four undefeated teams in the Big Ten right now. Penn State is one of those as well. The number seven Nittany Lions take on 16 Michigan tonight in that whiteout game at Happy Valley. How good do you think Penn State is? Well, I think they're really good on defense. I think this is the best defense they've had uh, during James Franklin's tenure. You know, they may be the best or, or certainly the deepest defensive line in the country. You see what they're doing against the run. You know, They have uh, you know, certainly at least one high-level NFL player in the future in Yatur Grossmatos who's a terrific pass rusher, but you know, their, their defensive line coach, Sean Spencer, was talking to him a few weeks ago, and they can go eight, you know, eight, nine, ten deep on that defensive line, and that's really their signature position group. Micah Parsons, a high-level recruit at linebacker, you know, they've recruited really well, guys. And I know they lost a lot to the transfer portal. They lost you know, some guys to the NFL draft that were a little bit unexpected, but none of those guys were, were really impact players. We're finding out because Penn State is a better team. They're, they're better defense. Their offense is, um, you know, they, they can make big plays. I don't think they're as consistent as they'd like to be. They're, they're hoping that Noah Kane can, can kind of provide that as a running back position. But, you know, you, you guys know Michigan's defense can, can be dominant as well. So, uh, you know, we saw the good Michigan defense and the bad Michigan defense kind of in one game last week in Champaign. But they're going to need the good Michigan defense because, you guys, Michigan's offense is just, you know, kind of uh, going through a lot as far as the transition. Still putting the ball on the ground a lot. Shea Patterson seems to have regressed at quarterback. And so I don't see Michigan scoring a lot tonight. They're going to need their defense to keep this game close into the fourth quarter. Well, I'll wind this up with the big question. And, of course, this is from the Illinois standpoint. Uh, do you see anything in the, in the in the rules upcoming, whether it's transfer, free transfer rules, or whether it's pay for players or whatever, that will in any way balance out what I see as too many lopsided games in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's a little bit of an unusual season in that way, uh, uh, Lauren. I mean, you know, again, certain teams are always going to have more talent. Um, and then if they can maximize that talent, you're going to have some of these lopsided results. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it, certainly the transfer portal can be valuable. You know, I, I talked to you know, Sonny Dykes at, at SMU. They're ranked now. He's basically built this team largely with first-year players. They have 65 first-year players. I think that's a hard thing to do at the Power 5 level, but if you're smart about it, you can improve your team in certain ways. But it ultimately has to go back. I mean, look at Wisconsin. Like, Wisconsin should be the team that should provide, you know, hope for Illinois and Purdue and Indiana and 
some of the programs that have been down. You know, even to a lesser degree, you know, Michigan State, what they've done. You know, uh, Iowa and Northwestern have been pretty consistent programs. You know, last night was was kind of the exception. They they don't normally get beat like that at Northwestern. And so uh, that, that I think that that's still a, an effective model. But you know, it does feel like there is you know certainly a, a, this year in the Big Ten a very clearly defined top tier and then a big gap with everybody else. That's Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. Appreciate your time, Adam. Drive safely, and uh, we'll see you when you get to town here. All right, guys. Appreciate it. It is 827 on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, Ed Bond in the uh, press box at Memorial Stadium. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Join us later today at the end of Saturday Sports Talk. We will have Illini game day from Grange Grove with Scott Beatty at 930. Kickoff, Illinois, Wisconsin at 11 o'clock this morning. And this is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, we're with you from the press box at Memorial Stadium where the Illini take on the number six ranked Wisconsin Badgers today. Well, Barry, this is Lauren um, with, with what voice I have left. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's awful getting old, Barry. You wouldn't understand. <clears throat> but anyway, everybody's asking, what's the difference between this Wisconsin team and last year's? Last year was 8-5, to five, eight and five, this year undefeated. Tell us. Well, I just think the chemistry on this team is so much better. You can tell the, the team likes itself. We have some great leadership on the team. Um, they, they really enjoy playing. They're having fun. Um, it's just a different chemistry, and that, that's so important. It's easy to say, but uh, but it, you could actually see it with our group. Also, I, I think you probably had some issues last year with a couple injuries to Loudermilk and and uh, and Rand and 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 a receiver that had some problems outside the the, the operation, and and just seemed like everything is uh, holding together this year. I mean, you don't you don't have any outside problems, do you? Well, yeah, last year we were hit with a lot of injuries. Uh, quarter, you didn't know whether the quarterback was going to play week to week. Uh, so there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, we've had some injuries this year, and, and, and the backups, whoever, anytime we've had an injury, the backup has stepped up and, and performed well. So um, it's just it's a different chemistry. It's a different feel with this team compared to, to last year's team. As you analyze Illinois, can you give us an idea of what you think is happening here? I know this is a tough tough question for you, but we've been struggling. I, I seem like I can remember a lot of times that you come here and Illinois struggling, Wisconsin's doing pretty well ever since you got there. What What's the answer for Illinois? You know, I, I, I'm not close enough to the situation here. I, I don't, you know, when I went to Wisconsin, I had a, I knew Wisconsin. I knew the issues. I knew what we had to address. And the first thing was winning over the high school coaches in the state and making sure that we didn't lose any of the good players within the state. And for, you know, since 1990, we probably haven't lost, we probably haven't lost a, a handful of players from our state that we really wanted. And so, um, you know, that, that was a key for us. I, I haven't really studied Illinois to tell you um, what the issues are here. Um, and, you know, and, I, and, I, and it's not like, that I, like I have all the answers either. But I knew what we needed at Wisconsin, and uh, that's what we've done. And we've, 
and we've kept the same formula. Talking to uh, Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez. Barry, you've had some great running backs up there. How does Jonathan Taylor compare with the Ron Danes and some of those guys you've had up there? You know, each, each one has been very unique. They've each had their own style. <clears throat> I think Jonathan is more or less a combination of several of them. He's got sprinter speed. He runs on our track team. Uh, he's got sprinter speed. He's 220 pounds. So he's, you know, he's thick. But all good running backs need patience. Um, that's what people don't understand. He's going to press the line of scrimmage. He anticipates blocks. And then he can run through what I call the trash. He can, he can run through the trash, uh, get his legs through through some things. And then he, once he gets in the secondary, he can outrun people. You mentioned uh, the chemistry of this team. Is chemistry sometimes a fleeting uh, thing? Do you sometimes find a team that never gets it right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought we had no chemistry a year ago. Um, I, I just think there was a lack of leadership. I think Paul would probably tell you, probably, Paul probably wouldn't say that, uh, but sitting there watching from the outside, I didn't feel it. You could feel there was no chemistry last year. I didn't think the leadership was very good. I thought uh, we had linemen that were good players and played a lot. You know, when you get your, your picture on the, the cover of Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, you should be pretty good. And sometimes that's a, that's a, that's an issue. So these guys are just playing and they're having fun and they like to play for one another. Well, Barry, you've uh, made a point. It looks to me like over the years of, of trying to keep people from Wisconsin at Wisconsin. I know you uh, deviated from that with Anderson uh, when you hired him and that didn't seem to work out so well. Tell us about why, the, why uh, you hired Anderson, why you went that direction and why you went back to Christ. Yeah. You know, um, I helped Paul get the the pit job, and some of my close friends. I I grew up in, around Pittsburgh. Some of my close friends helped him get that job, and they went through three coaches in like nine months. And um, when that job opened up, I I just didn't feel right pulling him right back out of Pittsburgh, and so. Um, Gary Anderson had, had brought a under, you know, a, a Utah State team into our place, and he missed the field goal at the end of the game, or they beat us. And I, you know, I think Christ, if he can win, you know, if he can beat us with the people he has at Utah State, he's a pretty good coach. Gary didn't want to do, you know, we have a we have a, a formula to win, and you know, you, you, if you vary from it, you have issues. He didn't want to buy into that, and he just finally told me, he said, I can't do it the way you want me to do it. So it was good for him, and it was good for us that can he you left. Se- can you send us that formula in the mail? <laughs> 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 we, we could use that, right? I think, uh, Every about formula now. Every formula is a little different. Everyone's a little bit different, you know? Yeah. And when I when when you mentioned I, I always think back to the three guys you took from Mike White's staff Cosgrove and Childress oh, yeah. and Callahan. How much of an impact those did they my have? Guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, those guys, they flip over rocks in recruiting and find players. 
Those guys, all all three of them could could recruit, and they were good coaches. They had been trained well under Mike White. Um, that's the thing I saw when I put my first staff together. The guys that worked uh, with me with Hayden Fry, we were trained well. The Mike White guys were trained well. We had some other others from other programs, and they didn't get it, and they couldn't keep up with with that crew and and uh it was interesting just to see the dynamics and well the other guys didn't stay with us long but uh those three are really they were great coaches they could really recruit i used to recruit you know i had the chicago area when i was at iowa and i used to recruit against all three of them i tried to get to school i could never beat them to a school i grew up at seven they've they've already been there Well, they're they're go getters. I know Ch- Childress has uh, always been a great friend, and and uh, Callahan's back, and he's he's serving as a interim yeah. head coach in the NFL right now. Yeah, Billy won his first game. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I, I think assistant coaching is 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 really important. Uh, as you uh, as you get ready for this big, uh, and I, I don't take you a week ahead. You can talk a week ahead because you're not the coach, but you got Ohio State coming up. What's your view of Ohio State right now? You know, I watched a little bit last night. Ooh, they're really talented. Yeah, I mean they they were loaded to start with, and then <clears throat> you you add the quarterback to the mix. Um, probably the most talented, as, as talented as anyone in the country. Now, see if if I was talking to you and you were coach, you wouldn't talk to me about that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't talk to you about that. <laughs> I don't blame if you. You asked me a simple question about the teams. I'm not. <laughs> You're not thinking ahead, You're not thinking ahead right? Okay. No. Speaking uh, no. speaking of quarterbacks, talk a little bit about Jack Cohn. He's only thrown one interception this year, but it seems uh, very efficient to me. You you think about the ground game with Jonathan Taylor, but uh, the passing game has been effective as well. Yeah, Jack Jack's done a nice job, and I think they've brought uh, Jack along very well. Um, you know, I'm. I'm just I could be more pleased. I mean, I just I'm just happy the way things worked out. I I like for him to throw to the tight end a little more. That's my grandson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I'm happy. Can't, can't, can't you get that done as as the boss? You know, you sit in my box with my with my daughter and my wife. Uh-oh. They watch every step he takes, and when he breaks open, they're screaming. <laughs> and then they dog cuss Cone if he doesn't throw it, throw, throw him the ball. Well, Barry, we appreciate your time. Uh, happy to have you in, in town here for uh, homecoming weekend and uh, enjoy the game. Okay, thank you. We got a beautiful day down here. Yeah, it's We're a just good one. Thanks, up on Barry. the bus heading to the stadium right now. Very good. Thank hey, you, Barry. Barry. Thank you, Barry, okay. for coming on with us. That's Barry Alvarez, athletic director at uh, Wisconsin, eight forty-one Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more from Memorial Stadium after this. Stay with us. Join us tonight for more Illini Volleyball as their northern road trip continues. They're at Minnesota for volleyball action tonight at 7 from Minneapolis. Tim Dittman has the call. 843 Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, Ed Bond, Brian Barnhart, Martin O'Donnell. Those guys are all here. Long day of uh, football broadcasting and uh, chatter for you here on the air, leading right up to a kickoff at 11.01, and then our post-game coverage after that as well. We'll talk some Illinois basketball here in just a few minutes with uh, 
Illini junior guard Trent Frazier. First, let me get you up to date on some of the high school scores from last night. Week 8 of the high school football season, only one week left in the regular season. And again, not another uh, good night for Champaign County teams, the Champaign area teams. Normal West beats Champaign Central 49-14. to Peoria Manual 34, Urbana nothing. Pontiac over St. Thomas Moore 40-20. to Normal Community 41, Centennial 13. Other games, Prairie Central beat Monticello 59-37. A lot of high-scoring games last night. Yeah. Olympia 41, or rather Olympia lost to uh, St. Joe Ogden 41-21. to Arcola beat Blue Ridge 49-13. to Argena Oriana 42. Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond 34. Muhammad Seymour on the road at Macomb. It was a worthwhile trip over there. 41 to nothing. The Bulldogs win that ball game. Bismarck Henning, Rossville Alvin 50, Salt Fork nothing. PBL 43, Watsika 15. Oakwood beat Westville 34-24. Tuscola 54, Shelbyville 48. Well, it was a close game at least. You know, so many of those games are lopsided. It makes you worry about the future of things. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley 27 and nothing over El Paso Gridley. Fisher 42, Ridgeview Lexington 14. Leroy beat Hayworth 12-7. Unity got by Rantoul 44-14. Clifton Central 48, Iroquois West 28. Danville beat Peoria Richwoods 27-10. Villa Grove Heritage 40, Decatur Lutheran nothing. Some of the high school scores from Central Illinois Last night, go to the News Gazette or newsgazette.com for complete coverage of area high schools in week eight of the high school football season. One more week, and then uh, the playoffs will get going. I think Monticello, your alma mater, needs needs one more win, don't they? Yeah. And they've got uh, next week, uh, maybe get that done. We'll see how that goes for them. 356-9397 is the phone number if you want to jump in. We taped an interview yesterday with Illini guard Trent Frazier. He's a... quickly become, at least it seems quickly to me, doesn't seem that long ago when he, he just showed up and now he's a junior and one of the veterans on the team. And here's our conversation with him. Our main goal right now, you know, as guards, you know, in transition, is they're, they're, they're our number one option. You know, get them the ball down there. Um, Kofi and Georgie, you know, they're, they're unstoppable in that paint. So, um, as you know, as a veteran, you know, I think my, my, my goal is just to get them the ball every time when they're around the basket because they, they can score the ball anytime they want. And um, they, they, with their size out there, it just, it just impacts offense and defense. So they'll be great for us. Everybody says that Underwood's defense is different than anybody else's. Um, how long did it take you to get accustomed to him as coach and to the defense that he's insisting on? Um, it, took me, it took me, you know, freshman year, obviously. Um, but every year, you know, I, I, I took the step, you know, to grow in that area uh, as a defensive guard. You know, obviously with me, you know, just being small and my, my arm length, I don't have a lot of size. So, you know, I have to crawl up in guys and get after them, you know. Uh, but um, his defense, you know, we get up in guys. So, you know, we like you said, we like that fast pace. So for us to get continue to be great in transition, it starts on the defensive end. Too many layups were given up last year. Does uh, Kofi make a difference in that in, in the back line, do you think? For sure he does, but um, I think the thing is for us, you know, our, our you know, Coach Oles talks about it every day. It's the first thing he says, you know, just communication. Um, obviously, in transition, we, we, that was an area we, where we didn't do very good in, but um, we're getting better every day in that area. You know, we, we got to talk. You know, we're getting different guys talking every day. You know, Io in that area, Dre, you know, everybody just having that, that voice, you know, just 
to get guys going, you know, just more communication on that defensive end. You're a third-year guy. You mentioned the veteran status. How are you taking that role? Are you uh, stepping up as, a, as more of a vocal leader? Yeah, for sure I am. Uh, crazy to think, uh, I'm, I'm almost starting to talk more than Georgie. You know, Georgie, always, he, he comes up to me in practice. He's like, man, you're you talking a lot now. Like, what's going on? I'm like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just you know, it's season time, you know. It's that, it's, the, it's that area where I've grown in, you know, I matured in, uh, just being one of the guys, you know, to I, my teammates can come to and talk about basketball, you know, uh, the plays or anything, what, what spots I need to be in. And um, I think that, you know, it's important for me to, you know, continue to do better at that and just be a leader at the, on the floor um, and just keep going. Is that at all out of your comfort zone? Is that something you kind of had to, to grow into with being a vocal guy? Uh, I think it comes with trust, you know, your teammates trusting you. Um, you know, a lot of confidence, you know, just being able to just speak and just knowing you'll say the right thing. Guys won't take it the wrong way. You know, guys would, could take criticism, you know, if they mess up on the court. Uh, like, I, But, again, like I said, man, it takes a lot of trust from these guys and the coaching staff, you know, for me to open up and, you know, and talk talk to my teammates and just be, be that voice on the court and communicate with different guys. You probably don't know the answer to this one quite yet, but the three-point line is a foot and a half longer. How is that going to affect the game, do you think? Um... I mean, you know, um, for me personally, I, I don't, I don't find it, you know, disturbing or anything. I kind of, you know, I kind of shoot that, that type of, you know, that range when I'm working out, just, just based off, you know, just in different situations. But uh, I think for sure, you know, I mean, a bunch of guys uh, will have to adjust to it. But um, I don't think it will be a big deal. I mean, if you, if you put in that work and you continue to sh- shoot, shoot as many balls as you can, then it'll be, you'll be fine. You think it'll open the inside more? I think it was kind of intended to, to maybe do that. More space for sure. You know, uh, guys can get deep corners. You know, um, you can't really help off because then obviously it's a long rotation. You got to close out too. But um, for sure, I mean, it's definitely going to change the game. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit. Uh, you're, you're looking way ahead, you've got uh, two big games in Arizona, which if you could come out of there in good shape, you'd be in the top 25 ranked. And I think that's pretty obvious. What are your thoughts about that uh, trip, that doubleheader out there with Grand Canyon and Arizona? Those, you know, those are two two tough two tough uh, games right off the back on the road. You know, um, coaches, you know, already been preaching about them. You know, they got a bunch of nice uh, veteran guys. You know, um, top twenty-five teams. Um, I think, you know, I think that's good for us. You know, just those games are, you know, just going to set the tone for what this team is going to be for the entire year. So, you know, um, obviously, obviously, you know, we go up there and you know do what we're supposed to do. You know. We win those two games right off the bat. You know, um, it's going to put us in a great spot. But um, we just, you know, we're going to take day, step by step, day by day, and just continue to get better and prepare for those teams. You know, uh, you, you begin uh, got a, a secret game that nobody knows about at South Carolina. <laughs> I think it was a week from Sunday or so. Uh, each year you play a game like that. What's that like playing a game that nobody knows and no no crowd? Right? It's just like a, like a practice almost, huh? Um. It's just, it's just something the coaches do to see our um, our, our heads, you know, where, where we at, you know, the toughness. That's what, that's what he's trying to find right now is the toughness. So um, I know, we don't really know, like, what he does, like, if we're going to have it or, uh, or not. But, um, you know, he, 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 he trying to, you know, he's trying to find, you know, those guys on his team that's tough. So. Well, he likes it. He, he's got a substitution pattern a little different than a lot of coaches, and he likes to run people in. I mean, Griffin and DeMonte and, and different guys. You've got more depth. Jones, you've got more depth this year than maybe you had in the past. Oh, for sure we do. You know, we got a bunch of guys that can do different things. You know, um, you know, obviously we got our, our scores, you know, the guys that, that can put the ball in the hole. 
But you know, coach, coach likes those. You know, the guys that, that does little things. You know, obviously, Allen, Allen Griffin, Demonte Williams. Those guys, you know, they attack the rebound, the boards, uh, every possession. So they, they, those guys can get six rebounds a game each for us. And then, you know, those are uh, you know second chance, third chance opportunities for us to score on the offensive end. And with their link on defense, you know, they're very active and, and they can you know they can get it crawling to guys too. So they're very helpful, and our bench is incredible. Another minute or two with Trent Frazier. Nice honor this week. You're on the preseason watch list of the Jerry West Award for the best shooter in college basketball. That's got to make you feel good. Um, I mean, it's definitely an honor, um, um, you know, from to, to represent, you know, this 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 program, uh, my family, and me myself. You know, um, you know, I, I, I've I've came a long way. You know, obviously, me being my third year. You know. Um, I think, you know, the, the, those awards right there, you know, it's just continued. For me, it's just, you know, a click in my head, you know, to continue to get better. Um, uh, obviously, you know, just just being one of those guys to, to represent this program, to being one of the best shooters in college basketball um, is incredible. And um, I, I, for me, you know, my main thing right now is to continue to get better and just keep doing what I do. Tell us how much Io has improved. Uh, he's proved a lot, you know, obviously with his strength, he's gotten a lot bigger. You can just you can see that physically, you know him him uh, attacking the basket. I mean he's dunking on guys now in practice. He can finish he finishing around the, the basket incredibly, and he's shooting the ball phenomenally. So you know I was you know obviously he's an NBA guard. He's incredible for us, and um, I'm excited to see you know what he can do for this team and help us. Still a guards game. You mentioned the big guys inside. You certainly need them, but I'm not sure there's many teams in the country with three better guards than you guys have in yourself, Io and Andres Feliz. Oh, like it's, we call I call us the three-headed snake. You know, um, it, it's it's important. You know, uh, we talk about you know Andres Feliz. You know, um, he's very he's he's one of our you know our glue guys. You know, he's he's very important for this team. Um, obviously, him being a, a fifth year, um, when he comes off the bench, he he brings that spark for this team. You know, it's like you know guys certain guys you know come off the bench and they're like oh, I'm not starting, but you know Andre he, he brings that that fire. You know that that intensity that we need that off the bench to help us. To, to help us be one of those great teams. So I'm, I'm very excited to see, you know, what we can do together and how we were going to do this year. That's Trent Frazier. Appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Trent Frazier. Averaged just under 14 points a game last season, the sophomore season. Shot 41% from three-point range, made 83-pointers. It'll be interesting to, to watch three-point percentages, Lauren, with the uh, with the line moved back a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's going to discourage any of the shooters. No, no. They're still going to launch them. But the percentage will definitely go down because that extra foot and a half makes a big difference. So Frazier is a guy that uh, I don't want to say a forgotten guy. Nobody's forgotten him. But he's, he's kind of he, – there's a lot of talk about Io, a lot of talk about Kofi coming in and the season Georgie had last season. I'm, I'm doing a lot of talk about Feliz because yeah, I think he's I really good. I, I think Feliz is – is a much better player than um, he, he. The the thing he gives you is the penetration that Frazier doesn't quite give you. He, he's Frazier's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. He he is to me uh, more like a third guard, mm-hmm. more like a, a shooting guard as opposed to the other two who are penetrators and kick, penetrators and score. Uh, I don't know how um, I don't know how Underwood's going to use him this year. I don't know if he's going to come off the bench like he did last year with Felice. But I would like to see Feliz in there as much as possible. Well, you notice he was in the game uh, late <laughs> a lot oh, yeah. last year, too. So yeah. it doesn't really matter how it gets started. But he, he is quite a weapon to use in that six-man role 
Demonte Williams, another guy that could be used that way, but uh, they're different players. But certainly he has more options this year. Yeah, well, he's deeper. And, yeah. and I think the, the Griffin, if Griffin uh, was on a team where he could play all the time, he'd be a 15-point scorer, I think. Now, he won't be that for Illinois if, if he's coming off the bench, obviously. But uh, Griffin has shown more improvement. He, he, he made, he's made what I would call typical, super typical, freshman to sophomore improvement. You see that a lot because guys need a year to get acclimated, but he's made, he's doubled it. Well, both he and Tevian Jones showed some signs last year, mm -hmm. and uh, it looks like, uh, as you mentioned, Griffith really making the jump. What do you think about Tevian Jones at this point? I don't know. I, I, I just think that uh, he would fit pretty good in the four spot, I think, but I, you're going to see Georgie in there an awful lot, and uh, they've got several options there. I don't know. I I don't know how much time he's going to get. I, I, he'll he'll definitely be coming off the bench, and I think he'll play extensively. We're just a couple of weeks away, just inside two weeks away from the uh, first exhibition game against Lewis. They're going to play uh, one of those secret uh, scrimmages at South Carolina. That uh, you announced that next Sunday. Is that right? Uh, that is next Sunday. I'm, <laughs> I'm told. Sources indicate that. There may be a scrimmage between those two uh, basketball yeah, teams. They're going to travel out there next Saturday, I believe, and, yeah. and uh, play on Sunday. And we can get as much information as they're willing to give us uh, when it's over. But they won't give us any information in advance. There's no NCAA mandate on that. There's, there doesn't have to be a lid on it. The coaches individually decide what they want to say about it after the fact. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's a it's a opportunity to to get everybody some playing time before the games really start, and uh, that's coming up next weekend. It's going to take a lot of games and a lot of playing uh, this, this first month or two months to get Georgie and Kofi acclimated to playing with each other because they both have so many similar traits offensively. 8.58 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk will continue. We've got another 30 minutes or so to go before – Illini game day. Stay with us. We're back after this. Hi, this is Brianna Hanners from Wasika High School Tennis. Listen to High School Confidential Mondays at 6 right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Ed Bond is here. We're in the press box at Memorial Stadium, our game day coverage begins at 9.30. Kickoff at 11.01. The number six Wisconsin Badgers in town to take on the Fighting Illini homecoming. If you're out and about, tickets still available. Beautiful day, beautiful October morning and afternoon coming up for college football. Brandon Peters, who missed last week's game, will start at quarterback for the Illini today. Matt LePay is with us, the voice of the Badgers. How you doing, Matt? Good. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. This uh, Wisconsin team comes on, comes in. Uh, I don't know if juggernaut is the right word, but uh, defensively, they're sure looking like it. Yeah, I think so far so good I, is the way I put it. It's it, we've been surprised, right? Nobody predicts four shutouts in the first right. six games. They they've done it with a lot of depth. Uh, they've had players. They've really prided themselves through the years here on, on player development, and you're seeing the emergence of a guy like Zach Bond, an outside linebacker. Uh, a lot of guys in the secondary they can rotate in. They, they've been, uh, you know, they, they haven't always played the most electrifying offenses, but they've made them all look bad. Offenses that have had moments earlier in the season, uh, Wisconsin has just been in a shutdown mode. Now we'll see what happens the second half of the league season. 
but the first half has been pretty good. We had uh, Barry Alvarez on a few minutes ago and asked what the difference was from this year at going back to last year, the team that finished 8-5 and five went to a bowl game for the whatever 17th straight year, <laughs> right, whatever it was. Right. Only missed, what, two bowl games in the last 25 years, I think. Yeah, been a little spoiled. He said <laughs> he said it was a chemistry issue. How do you see it? Yeah, that, that's the answer that I was going to give, not yeah. knowing what uh, what Barry told you guys. But there there is, I think, a, a closeness. And you know, a lot of times, like, what, what comes first, chicken or the egg, right? But even – uh, in fall camp, before they had played a game, they talked about uh, if you want to call it a renewed commitment, whatever. They really got into it in their off-season conditioning, hit the weights a little bit harder, and you know maybe sometimes fresh voices in the locker room too. I mean, there are really good players who have moved on, and many of whom are playing right now in the NFL. But still, I think it's allowed guys like a Tyler Biotish, a center. He's not the world's most vocal guy, but he'll say some things that are on his mind. Uh, and then and in the secondary, uh, Fayon Hicks has been good with that. Chris Orr, linebacker, I think has taken on a, a legitimate leadership role. And, you know, coaches say things, but I think it's you look at your leaders among the players, and, and these guys, uh, I think, have all done a good job. These leaders are bringing everybody together. You know, I, when I, was, I watched the Michigan game, and, and the, the first thing I saw was, I think, as I recall, around your own 40-yard line, it's fourth down, and, and I thought, well, they're punt. No, <laughs> they ran that ball right down Michigan. So they went all the way down to that goal line and put two tackles in in front of Jonathan Taylor and ran him right into the end zone. I mean, that was that was just a show of strength that I didn't expect. Yeah, that's their hippo package, yeah. they call it, when they have 2,500 pounds Michigan, of linemen. Against Michigan, just dominated They them. did, and, and that, that situation you're referring to, I think it surprised a lot of us that uh, Paul would – would go for it there because they're at their own 35 or whatever oh, yeah. it was on their yeah. own side of the 50. But I've talked to some players about that. Wisconsin's had a lot of good fortune on fourth down this season. And the, the confidence that that gives these players, the, the sense of trust, not only in the offense to get the first down, but that means there's a great trust in the defense if they don't. And I think that that's going to, you know, you never, it's hard to put a point total on intangibles. But that meant a lot, means a lot to these players when you know you've got a coach that says, go get it. If it's fourth and one, fourth and two, and they've been – the batting average is pretty good with what they've been doing on fourth down so far. Look at it from Illinois' standpoint. What would it take for Illinois to surprise them? Well, one of the things today that uh, – talking with the guys this week and just watching Illinois in, in the games that they've had is the ability to force turnovers, right? I mean, that's the old – it's a Lovey Smith thing. And the first name that came out of Paul's mouth when I asked him about it this week was Peanut Tillman. I mean, you guys have probably heard that sure, every week. Sure, uh, And they, they still seem like they have that philosophy. It helped Illinois get back in the game last week, right, against Michigan. Yeah. So if you're looking for a recipe for a game that, you know, becomes a real struggle for a team that's heavily favored by some, I guess – knocking the ball out would, would be an ingredient for that, uh, in Robert, my opinion. Robert Rosenthal talked about that this week, and, and, and his point was that you don't always recover as many of them, you know, uh, as Illinois has. It, if Illinois can't win with all the turnovers they've gotten this year, what's it going to take? Right. And, and, and it's not something that you can count on. Yeah, that, the other thing beyond the turnovers too, Lauren, I, I know Paul really likes Corbin. 
I mean, he's had – we are spoiled rotten with some of the, the video game numbers that Wisconsin running backs have put up through the years. Well, what Reggie Corbin's done is really good, too, at what he did last year. And you just look at the yards per carry. And knowing you've got Dre Brown, Rayvon Bonner behind him, that's not – that's not a bad rotation, to say the least. So a lot of respect there, and the receiving core uh, has has caught his eye. So, they, you know, Paul has a lot of respect for Lovey Smith, and I think that they've got a lot of respect for the – there's a lot of good players on this roster. By the way, Steve mentioned that uh, Peters will be starting quarterback. Yep. I believe it was against Wisconsin two years ago that he was knocked out of the game he was, yep. at Michigan. Yep, yep, he was. Yeah, going into Madison, that was the year Wisconsin went undefeated in the regular season. Had a really good defense uh, again that year. So, yeah, his his uh, the highlight reel is a limited one for him two years ago against Wisconsin. So I'm sure he's eager to get back out there today and, and put up some better numbers. We're talking to Matt LaPay, the voice of the Badgers. Speaking of outstanding running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin's had some good running backs. How does he compare? You've seen most of those guys. Yeah, it's a, I get that question, and it's a good one, and I haven't come up with an answer as to, Okay, who's he like? Because he's he's really his own guy. He has sprinter speed. He can make you miss. He's got great cutting ability, and he can make you hurt. He can run over you because he's I mean, he's built like a truck. I mean, he is a chiseled guy. So he's a total package, and and I say total package now because he's a threat to catch the ball. That's something that I, last year I think they wanted to do a little bit more. Uh, there was a, a fluid situation, to put it mildly, with the quarterback situation last year. So that never really unfolded. But he worked like crazy over the off season in front of a jugs gun, just catching pass after pass. And you know, even last week against Michigan State, where relatively speaking, they held him in check. But still, he's going to get his three catches, four catches, and hurt you that way as well. He's, uh, you know, the story is the head coach would say the story is still being written, but he's already earned that right to be in the mix of the best they've had. You uh, did some baseball work for the Brewers again this season. What about sixty games yep. or so? Yep, yep, right around were, there. Were you involved in the last three? Uh, no, <laughs> I, think, uh, I broke off in early uh, early August. They were actually scuffling at the time, so when they got hot, my contribution to the team was staying away. <laughs> you enjoy doing that? Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's 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 a, it's always weird because with the with the world of Wisconsin Badgers sports, I'm around it all the time. With the Brewers, you kind of parachute in and then you leave and then you parachute back in, but. Uh, my broadcast partner, Bill Schroeder, former major league catcher, great guy, and and let's face it, uh, the team's been really good. So that that makes it uh, makes it easier. We're spoiled up there. You got the MVP of Major League Baseball. You got the NBA MVP. You've got a quarterback with the Packers who will probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and a running back at Wisconsin who's pretty good. So we we're a little bit spoiled right what, now. What uh, what takes precedence on your schedule if there's a conflict? Uh, well, Badger football is always number one. Right. So uh, yeah, but it's Wisconsin. That, that's uh, I mean, I live in Madison. That uh, and the Brewers are tremendous about that you know i fill in for brian anderson as many games as i can but uh, uh the home base the uh the quote the day job right now is with the university of wisconsin well other than getting yelich back and and healthy <laughs> what, what are the things that uh, they need to do in the offseason well i know the cardinals and the cubs are got all kinds of problems yeah well you know the brewers will have decisions to make and then you got you know, yasmani grandal uh you know is, is someone who will be testing the free agent waters they figure out what they what they can do what they can afford with him what they can afford with mike moustakas uh, there is, are some is young is moustakas uh, available it was a one-year deal as okay. well so he okay. could be out there he could uh, see what the market bears it's been interesting with him because 
I love him. He's a great player, great clubhouse guy. Look, it's all relative. He signed a one-year, $10 million deal. Um, but in today's baseball, he's probably worth a longer-term deal. But I think we would all settle for one-year, $10 million. It's, a, it's, a, it's all a relative <laughs> matter. But a guy like him brings a lot. They've got some young pitchers too, Lauren, who, uh, you know, Brandon Woodruff really emerged this year. But there's a guy with unbelievable stuff who struggled badly this year, Corbin Burns, really eager to see what what he's able to fix, what they're able to help him fix, because uh, I think when he is in rhythm, his stuff, the people who really know this will tell you his stuff is as good as anybody's, and he just had a really rough year this past season. The next three or four or five years of pitching is just going to be astonishing. There's so many guys that can throw right at 100. That's, you're going strikeouts are just going to continue just and and home run it's a home run or strikeout game isn't it yeah 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 walk walk strikeout home run the three true outcomes which is you know you don't bunt much anymore if a position player does is probably on his own did anybody did anybody throw a pitch out that you saw this year uh, that's a great question uh i uh, the games that I did, I don't think I saw one. As a matter, <laughs> and we talk about that. Is and uh, forgotten? Jim Gantner, the former Brewer, you know, terrific player back in the '80s. We'll uh, say, "Hey, Gumby, does anybody hit and run anymore?" <laughs> you, you don't see it, and then that gets him going. So it's no, it's still uh, the Brewers. Even in today's game, it was a very home run reliant team. It did strike out a lot, but it was an exciting team because there were just too many guys who were must watch hitters right I mean Yelich is obvious but they had a lot of other guys emerge and Ryan Braun man the guy's 35 years old uh, he does have the clutch gene he hit the big grand slam in sure St. Did. Louis in the middle of September which Two out was in the ninth. as big a moment as it as that ball club had all year in having an incredible September yeah of course basketball season only a couple of weeks away what are you hearing about uh, Badger basketball yeah they're going well they're right now they're going through transfer drama with Michael Micah excuse me Micah Potter in the inexplicable ways of how the NCAA works with who's eligible to right. play right away and who isn't but I want to get off on that tangent um when they get him, whether it's immediately or 10 games into the season, I think they could have a pretty good rotation, eight, you know, eight deep, maybe nine. There's not a great player right now. I mean, no one made the list of this, that, or the other, the all Big Ten or whatever. But I think they're, it's a solid group. Uh, you need the backcourt to maybe raise its level a little bit. A name to keep in mind, and they're putting it on him, is Aleem Ford. Very gifted. Uh, he looks great. Had a, you know, we always say that, right? Had a great off season. But this guy is starting to look like an adult human being right now. The way he's he's filling out. I think he has versatility. And Potter will give them. Uh, it'll look more like a Wisconsin probably team through the years where the bigs can go inside and step out. Ethan Happ was remarkable with what he did for someone who couldn't shoot from the outside at the college level, but with Potter and Nate Reavers, you've got two bigs who can go inside and out. Where's Hap now? Uh, overseas, playing overseas right not now. An NBA just, player, uh, is no, it? it just, you know, the way it works now, it's not just college. And, and because of what the NBA has been doing, it's dunks and threes, a lot of that. Well, Ethan can do that and he can defend. Uh, but the, the ability to stretch a defense has it's just been something he has not been able to demonstrate enough to get himself a contract, at he, least to this point. He was a key passer for you last year. Absolutely. He up, I mean, he's, he's hard to replace. He did everything, except, you know, we was much documented about the free throw shooting and all. Yeah. a lot of yeah. bigs have issues yeah. with yeah. that, but just not being able to stretch the floor. But I, I maintain that he got more out of what he has 
than anybody I'd ever seen it. I've ever seen at Wisconsin for a guy whose range was within an arm's reach of the rim and the the moves that he had. And Lauren, as you mentioned, the passing ability, his his ability to defend, uh, he was a treat to watch. Back to this game today, Illinois Wisconsin on the football field. Any chance the Badgers look ahead to next week? I don't think so. Um, I, it, it's a it's a natural question. These guys have talked all year about. Every opponent is nameless and faceless, and that's not meant to be derogatory at all. It's just meant to respect the game and know that they always talk about games as opportunities, right, and all that that sounds like coach speak, but these guys really seem to be buying into that. You look at the scores. of the They've been able to, to dominate teams. I'm not saying they'll dominate today, but they've been able to win and be pretty clean doing it. You know, they've kept the missed tackles to a minimum. Penalties are down. Uh, they, they've been able to – be pretty sound in their games so far. Corey, let you go. You mentioned tackles. How much tackling does Wisconsin do in practice? Not a ton. Not. A, I don't know if anybody does anymore, Lauren. Because Ohio State does. Yeah, do they? Well, they're they're pretty good at it. But you know, <laughs> you know what? They got the they, players. They have zero weaknesses that I I watched first half last night. I didn't see a need to watch the second. Yeah. But they. Uh, you don't. You don't do it. It's not done as much. Let's put it that way. They they work on it some, but. It's a much – if you go to a training camp or you go to a middle-of-the-season practice, it looks quite a bit different from what it looked like 20 years ago, that's for sure. Hey, Matt, appreciate your time. Have a good broadcast. All right, guys, good seeing you. You Thank too. You. Matt LaPay with us from the Wisconsin Radio Network. We'll take a break at 9.15. Be back with more. Stay with us here on DWS. Hi, this is Brian Barnhart. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday morning on Penny for Your Thoughts, 9 to 11, with Lauren Tate, Monday morning quarterbacking on Penny Monday. 919 on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Phone line is open. We've got an open line segment for about seven or eight minutes if you want to jump in to talk about this ball game or anything else that might be on your mind. Give us a call, 356-9397. You know, the Pella Window uh, Showroom has a relatively new product I'd like to tell you about. It's called Lifestyle. It is packed with innovation, including the option for their best between the glass blinds or shades with triple glazing. Pella Lifestyle has style flexibility with a wide variety of inside and outside colors. There's also performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce outside noises. You can see the uh, new product called Lifestyle at your local Pella Window Showroom located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Window and door specialists can help you find the right Pella product for your home and budget. Do your research. Get some other estimates if you like. But make sure to get an estimate from the Pella Window Store. So stop by maybe and see the Pella Lifestyle product at the Pella Window Showroom, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Saturday by appointment. Or you can check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. This game kicks off at 11 o'clock. Brandon Peters, who missed last week's game is expected to be the starting quarterback today. A couple other guys won't play, though, for the Illini. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas is definitely out for this game. Isaiah Williams. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's good. Well, Isaiah Thomas was, is out, too. He's not going to play either <laughs> today. <laughs> no, Isaiah Williams is out, and as, as well as uh, Trevon Sidney, who's a wide receiver who had shown himself so, uh, well early, particularly in practice early, and then he was injured. Now he's injured, I think, for the rest of the year. I think he has a tear. So I think I don't – it hasn't been announced, but I doubt that he'll be back this year. And Delano, Delano Ware, who is, uh, would have, has played a lot at safety this year, and some at outside linebacker, is also out today. So those three players, Sidney, Ware, 
and Williams. And now uh, we've also got some guys that are going to play more. I, I think Navarro is, and Stampley are going to share the one wide receiver spot. And Casey Washington, the freshman mm -hmm. who saw action last week and caught a pass, uh, will be sharing time with Smalling, who they were disappointed with. Uh, Smalling the last two weeks has not been as well as sharp as he was earlier. Some other uh, things to talk about uh, this ball game. The Badgers coming in ranked uh, number six in the country. What I was going to say was Varsity Eye weekend. Lou Tepper was in town. Oh, yeah. John Makovic in town. They had an event last night. Yeah, and, and something I didn't know, uh, Bill, Ta Bill Tate, the old fullback from Mattoon, who was a star in the 1952 Rose Bowl for the Illini, uh, was back and was honored as Eye Man of the Year. And he was a head coach at Wake Forest. He was an assistant coach for the Illini here, and then he came. He got the head job at Wake Forest. And his quarterback, senior quarterback on that team was? John Makovic. Right. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, isn't that odd? I mean, and, and, and funny. it was funny because Bill uh, spoke last night for probably 10 or 15 minutes, uh, Bill Tate, and he spent a lot of that time talking about Wake Forest because of John and, 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 and the fact that he was, I think he was rookie of the year or coach of the year at, at, in the ACC that first year. And he was out there about five years and uh, as head coach of Wake Forest. Lou Tepper was at the quarterback club uh, meeting also yesterday and got folks up to date on what, well, of course, we've had him on uh, in recent months here on this show, but he is uh, living in the Atlanta area where his grandkids are pretty much located there. And he's helping out with a couple of high school teams with uh, both uh, on the field and off the field uh, mentoring. So he's staying as busy as he wants to be. Yeah, and you know, when you look back on his career, he did a tremendous job defensively. As a defensive coach, he was outstanding. And as a head coach, his defenses were still good, but he could never get the offense going the way he wanted. And, and uh and basically, uh, they, they lost a lot of close games. I remember one particular year, they lost about five games by less than a touchdown. Yeah. They just didn't have the uh, – they were all low-scoring games, and and uh, and he just couldn't get the offense going. There were uh, two or three years there where they needed a win in the last game to, to get bowl eligible, and they just didn't quite get it each time. And then yet, he had two Butkus Award winners. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and Simeon Rice. Rice yeah. <laughs> Rice. And John Hollisek. And John Hollisek. A lot of good uh, players on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he uh, one of the famous stories is that he, he the, before the first game, he he got his defensive plan. He got it all set and he walked into Makovic's office and said, here's our defensive uh, plan. And Makovic said, I don't care. <laughs> you run the defense. I'm running the offense. And then he's, he didn't have to worry about Makovic clearing anything with him. He he was he ran the defense. That was a pretty good combination, too. You bet. You bet. He, really, he was a good defensive coach. Some of our other guys we've known a long time. Mike Hatfield, Al Martindale, and Andy Dixon, Andy Dixon mm -hmm. were honored on Varsity yes, Eye Weekend yeah. as well. Yeah, those guys put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the Illinois programs. It was yeah, a really good speech last night from from Josh Whitman and and uh, Lisa Risen, and uh, it was a good night. It was a it was a fun night. Back to this game today, Brandon Peters um, expected to start after missing a week. It'll be interesting to see how sharp he is. He I was told that he was throwing the ball pretty well this week in practice. Yeah, he, he's got a better arm than, than Matt Robinson. Matt, Matt, though, has some other uh, qualities that maybe that I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt in the ball game today. I, I think Matt's got uh, some mobility, and uh, I know that things didn't go well in the fourth quarter against Michigan last week, but 
nevertheless, uh, he, he did get all the way back in the game, 28-25, and, and uh, he showed some things. I just uh, – the, the problem the last time that he got the ball the, – when they got up within 28-25, Michigan scored to make it 35-25, to which means that Illinois had to score twice, which means in, with, the, with the game, uh, with the clock going down, in the, in the middle of the fourth quarter, they had to put the ball in the air, and and uh, Michigan knew that, <laughs> and uh, they they blitzed him and and knocked the ball loose, and and of course made it an easy win for them. But up to that point, as long as he could keep them guessing, and they didn't know what he was going to do, that he had some success in that third quarter. Yeah, a couple of key fumbles late certainly hurt, mm-hmm. and Michigan put up a couple of late touchdowns on that to extend the lead. But yeah. uh, it was uh, you know somewhat encouraging at least to. Now, maybe Michigan up 28 to nothing, maybe momentarily checked out. I don't know. Whatever. But Illinois still had to uh, to put something together, and they were able to do it. But Brandon Peters back today. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, hang on just a second. Barry Alvarez on the phone. I'll see what he wants. Hang okay. on. Okay. Well, we're about done here anyway, so I'll wrap things up. You can talk to Barry uh, off the air. And uh, we'll tell you the other games in the Big Ten today. Purdue is at uh, Iowa this afternoon. That game also at 11 o'clock. Indiana plays at Maryland. Number 20, Minnesota, is at Rutgers. And number 16, Michigan, is at number 7, Penn State. That game is tonight at 6.30. Mr. Tate, thank you, sir. All right. Good show. And uh, we'll continue our pregame coverage with Illini Game Day coming up next here on DWS. Stay with us for that.